0: Welcome to the QAV Podcast. This is episode 644. If you're brand new to the show, welcome. My name's Cameron Riley. I host the show with my friend Tony Kynaston, who's a very successful investor. He's been a professional investor for 30 years, and he has a system that he uses to invest that he calls Quality at value, QAV. How do you buy shares in companies that are good quality companies, they're producing a lot of cash, when you can get them at the right value and a discount to their intrinsic valuation? That's what we teach to our club members and that's what we talk about on the podcast. Today on the free version of the episode, we're talking about uh, commodity updates that happened this week. We're talking about the status of four skew metal groups in our methodology in our system, and we're talking—we're uh, answering a question from a listener about how share incentive plans work for executives. So, without any further ado, let's jump into this week's episode. Welcome to QAV, Tony, episode six forty-four, the thirty-first of October. It will be ended. That's the name for this
1: episode, Tony. <laughs> Yes, it will be ended at some stage, or it will just end. It will end at some stage. <laughs> I posted a quote from uh, mm. science writer
0: Verna Vingy on Facebook the other day. Tony was offended by his grammar. ChatGPT told me it was fine, though, so I uh, I don't know. <laughs> don't know who to believe, you or ChatGPT. Well, I
1: mean, I, I was reasonably familiar with that quote, and I always cut it some slack because I thought, well, you know, maybe Vinger is um, – not speaking in his native tongue or something, or, you know, but yeah, it always struck me as a really strange quote. The human era will be ended. It's like, why don't you say the human era will end?
0: Because <laughs> it will be ended by something else, by the intelligence. Well, then say that <laughs> Well, it was inferred in the sentence. Oh, super okay. intelligent machines will arise and the human era will be ended, I think. And the will- human era will end. No, that's it a bird be- too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I guess you could say yeah that's arguable
1: anyway I, I was just always told when you write something don't spend a dollar spend 50 cents and say it with less words <laughs> mm.
0: the Mark Twain who said I would have made this letter shorter but I ran out of time <laughs> well Tony mm. it's been another dismal week for investors and on the stock market uh we're speaking at about three o'clock in the afternoon, Sydney time, and the market's down to six, nine, six, one, the give or take. Um, a week ago it was up over seven thousand, seven thousand and eighty. so it's lost about a hundred points one you know uh, over the last week uh i think over the last year now uh, we're sort of it's sort of basically where it was a year ago no it's less lower than where it was a year ago lower than where it well, a lot lower
1: than where it was two years ago it's less than where it's about where it was in 2007 before the gfc in fact it may even be lower right hmm.
0: well i don't know what do we what do we what do we have to do
1: what do we have yeah. to do to get it to turn around <laughs> I wish I knew. Maybe all the QAV subscribers can buy on the same day and push the share price up. <laughs> then we can, we'll game stop it. Yes. We'll get, we'll, we'll get momentum that people can buy into and then we'll sell out.
0: Yeah, to the, to the moon. So, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know, just we don't seem to be able to get a win at the moment. It's just
1: one thing after another. Correct. Well, yeah, I can't. uh, Well, I don't know what to say, Cam, but you've succinctly put it there with 50 cents worth of words. I think it's just one goddamn thing after another. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been a
0: dismal couple of years. Um, This week on the buy list, iron ore and steel are a buy. Thermal coal and lithium were a sell, which means we had to offload a lot of thermal coal stocks. Aluminium is a Josephine. We talked last week about. The, these This charting that I've been doing about buys and sells and Josephines, mm. and I mentioned last week that the sells number, uh, the three-point line sells had spiked. It was back down this week. Um, so everything was sort of trending downwards. The buys are down. Over the six or seven weeks I've been tracking these, the buys have been dropping. The sells are also dropping, and the Josephines are dropping. So. I thought last week it was the beginning of some sort of trend, but it sort of went back the other way this week. I wanted to ask you though, Tony, um, with iron ore being a buy, Fortescue Metals Group is a buy. It's back on the buy list. But we talked about, the- <laughs> yeah, but we talked about that a few weeks ago, and we said too many red flags uh, yep. with all the executive resignations and the general consensus in the marketplace that Twiggy's lost his marbles. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> at least Joe
1: Aston thought that. Joe Aston thought so. That's yeah. right. Yeah.
0: What yeah. what what are your thoughts on FMG uh change since then or are you gonna wait to see some sort
1: of uh executive that's stability? A, that's a really good question. I'm not sure. Given that like given I'm sitting on so much cash, I can't find things to buy. I might dip my toe. But no, I think I well, I'm I'm concerned that when executives join a company and then resign quickly afterwards and they they have good pedigree that there's something, there's a problem going on at Ski Metals Group. Mm. So it's a red flag for me.
0: Mm. Yeah, I I kind of feel twitchy about FMG, which is unfortunate mm. because it's typically been a good performer for us over yeah. the years.
1: Yeah, although we haven't owned it during this latest iteration of uh for the skew future industries, and ten percent of the profits going into investing in green hydrogen, and quickly having a special advanced hydrogen converter or some such hydrogen battery. So, yeah, it's a. I think it's it's. I don't know if it's a materially different country and a company, and maybe the iron ore part of the business will trump everything else. But um, it's he's certainly not focusing on iron ore at the moment. Mm. And, and key staff have left. Yeah. Uh, well, glad to check in with
0: you on that. Um, I guess I can just talk about our portfolio for a moment, the dummy portfolio, that is. Novexa have changed their website in the last few days, and subsequently I'm struggling to get it to do things like a an inception uh, performance chart. Um the custom range thing doesn't seem to want to work for me, but I can say that for this financial year, dummy portfolio is up only 1.7% uh, versus the STW, which is down 3.85% over the same period. So it's doing okay. Uh, if I look in the last, let's say, month, in the last month, dummy portfolio is up 2.45% versus the STW down 4.05%. So again, it seems to be doing well uh, uh, from that perspective. I don't know what else I can look at here. The last two years, uh, not doing too well. Down 0.46% versus the STW up 2%. So, over the last two years, it hasn't had a great run, uh, but uh, luckily, it had a good run before that, so it's Mm. still trading on that sort of 2019-2020 run, bull run, that the market had, and the dummy portfolio went along for the ride with that as well. But, um, yeah, it's just been, I don't know, man, it's just been a depressing time trying to Navigate through these waters, seeing you know all the gnashing of teeth in our forums. Everyone's feeling it. You're feeling it. I'm feeling it. Everyone's feeling it.
1: Yes, it's it's yeah, it's hard to hard to go through. Uh, I guess a couple of points on the market. Um, I know I noticed overnight. This was we're, we're recording on Tuesday, so Monday night in the US, there was a. Um, rise on wall street of like 1.5 percent it hasn't flowed through into the australian market um today on the asx uh, i'm wondering um anyway whether it was a dead cat bounce on wall street but um i i think in australia people are spooked that the rba is going to raise interest rates next tuesday on cup yeah. day um and they're probably positioning for that taking some money off the table in case they do get raised and Talking about the market in 2007 being slightly higher than the market now, it's really been an era of the share market being run by the RBA, by the central bankers, um, by raising and by first of all lowering interest rates almost to negative territory after the GFC, and being slow to raise them again, and then raising them all at once, and in killing, killing the party again in mm. the last year or so. Yeah, so that's it. I think that's a bit unprecedented, and, and um, you know, they did that big review of the RBA, but no one looked into the fact that it's, it's having a lot of control on the share market and, and um, what that exactly means and whether it's a good or bad thing. Mm.
0: So the new management, uh, just like the old management, by the sounds of it.
1: I think you pointed out the new management has worked with, at the RBA their whole career. 30-odd <laughs> years or something yeah. like that. <laughs> Hard to be different. Like maybe she's nursed a grudge for the last 30 years and she's gone, ha ah, ha, now I'm in charge. I can do all I want. Hmm. <laughs> Things will be different, maybe. I, th- I
0: thought she might have Gorbachev'd it. And, you know, she's just been, you know, biding her yeah, time. Wow. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. We'll see next Tuesday.
0: Welcome, Alex.
1: How are you? I'm good. Thank you. How are you?
0: Good. What have you been doing since you got back to Melbourne and settled back into your regular life? What are you doing with yourself these days? Now that your master's is done, your holiday's done, what are you up to?
1: Job applications.
0: For famous painter? Is that just applying uh, for famous painter uh, jobs?
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, Christmas mm. casual work. <laughs> uh, As a famous I painter. Say how much you... Yeah. How much are you charging to paint a house these days, El, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. Who knows? <laughs> I do have a meeting with a gallery next week, though, so that's exciting. Oh, that's for great. probably more for like a secretarial role than <laughs> as well, an artist, okay. but it'll be good. Yeah.
0: So how does the uh, Masters in Fine Art go? Uh, you know what, you before
1: you ask that question, it applies well to everything,
0: okay? Uh-huh. Sure, okay, good. <laughs> Congratulations on that. <laughs> thank you. It's <laughs> my I highly
1: did. adaptable degree, thank you.
0: Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. You've demonstrated that you can finish something and that you're <laughs> clever. Sure, okay, that has a lot you. of value in the marketplace. Do you have a question from one of our listeners to read out to us today, Alex? Yes, I have another Alex. And I'm going to ask his second question. So he says, "Hey, Cameron, can TK please walk us through what he looks for, and when, for, and where when he does a pulled pork? He often finds and surfaces insights in companies, and it would be helpful to know how he does it."
1: Hmm. <laughs> short sure the answer is experience. Really, I thought it was <laughs> Google doing it for okay. a long time. Yeah, Google. Yeah, that's right. Chat GPT. Chat GPT. <laughs> <online>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, no, uh, well, it, it, uh, I, I guess you mean how do I find information about the company to talk about, but I guess one step before that, in case you meant how do I pick which stock to analyse, I'm um, just looking for a high ADT stock on the buy list that we haven't spoken about before, especially if it's new to the buy list. Um, but um, And I'll try and check their sentiment to see that uh, it's, a, it's a buy, so it's worth talking about. Uh But once I've picked one, um, yeah, I do use Google, um, and I start with the analysts, or sorry, not with the analysts, with the investor briefings and annual reports. So I get a sense for the company, um, looking at their history, looking at who's running it, um, looking at how their performance has been. Uh, So I get get all that information, just kind of glance through it. Um, I'm looking for ownership. So I look at who owns it, whether it's an owner-founder. Is there a story there about, you know, is there an Anthony Scarley who's been in the company for a long time? Is that something that's important? Uh, and then just go through their their um, their presentations or their annual reports or both. And and really, it's experience, Alex. I um, I can't really pinpoint one particular thing to look for, but oftentimes something will catch my eye, either on what the company has said or it's in their uh, financial statements, but normally I don't have to go much further than the latest uh, investor briefing that usually accompanies a half result or a full-year result, or occasionally perhaps the CEO's address in the annual report. Um, And to give you an example, today I'm going to talk about a company called Data3, uh, or maybe I already have, depending on how this podcast is edited, but... um, when i was going through preparing the pulled pork for data three i noticed that uh, and they called out that they have a dividend payout ratio of 91 percent and that's not part of our checklist it's not part of something i focus on but it is something which you know immediately flagged my attention so it was a salient point and and i guess i just asked myself questions is that good or bad for the company They've, They've highlighted it when they talk about the company. Um, I think it's a risk, and I guess I'll go into it in more detail uh, in the pulled pork section, but it's just things like that uh, that that catch my eye when they're they're talking about it. Um, again, in Data 3's pulled pork, I came across a um, a statement which said that their cash flows were often swayed by supplier payments. So again, the question is, was that good or that bad? And I dug into it and found out that uh, it did Materially affect their operating cash flow, which is important to QAV. So, I think that's um, that's, I guess, the level of research I do: looking for salient points, asking questions if it's good or bad, maybe doing some deep deep dive on that, um, and then I go through the QAV numbers and and uh, look at those and decide whether, I guess, the numbers gel with the story that was in the investor briefing or that I've read about the company and its history or um, and the analysis I've done. Uh, so things like um, how, is op- how is operating cash flow affected in the numbers given that most of it is money in, money out to supplies for, for hardware purchases in the case of data Uh Yeah, and the numbers might also throw up something which is worth looking at, like, for example, future growth projections, um, uh, high ROE, that kind of thing which might be worth a bit of... Um, digging down on so that's that's about it it's it's yeah just the process of of reading what they say um what they call out as being interesting deciding if that needs further research and then going through the numbers but it's it's all based on experience you've got to you know read something and think to yourself oh that's interesting why are they saying that or what does that mean for the company when they say they have a high dividend payout ratio for example is that clear al
0: yep and um I guess more broadly too, we were just talking about, was it Charlie Munger and Lattice, his book?
1: Yeah, so Alex and I have been talking offline about investing and I I mentioned that uh, both Buffett and Munger always promote lifelong learning and not just in the financial press or the financial industry, but particularly Charlie always talks about how everything Informs everything else, and that's you should read widely about science and read widely about psychology and art and all sorts of different things because they will have applications in the investing in the investing world. And he uses the example of knowing about um, human psychology when it comes to thinking about how to value a um, like a, a casino type company or a, a, a slot machine company, and he talks about how. You know, human psychology is used against us when we when we go into a casino and gamble on the slot machines because they they ring loud, they ring loud bells, and they have bright flashing lights, which are trying to attract us to uh, play the slots. Um, but yeah, he said if you are um, going to play the slots, find a quiet machine at the back to play because it's probably the one they don't want you to go to. Um, but yeah, so he he's always talking um, talking about continuous learning not just looking at the financial um, books and financial press, but to try and read widely and then have that inform your analysis of different companies. Oh, thank you. Cross-pollination of ideas too. Yeah, or lattice as Charlie calls it. There's a good book out there. that he—he, I don't know if he wrote it or he had something to do with it, but it, it has different chapters on his readings in different areas. It's really, really interesting. Is the name of the
0: book ladders as in something you climb up or a lattice as in
1: a frame? Lattice as with, in a frame. <laughs> with T's. Okay. With T's, yes.
0: Yeah. And, and you know, it reminds me of um, you reading the checklist manifesto and uh, the guy who came up with that looking at aeroplanes and applying it to hospitals. And then you li- read about it applied it to investing and, yeah,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: ideas that carry over from different domains into different domains.
1: Yeah, and, yeah, I mean, after hours, I'll I'll talk about a book I'm reading at the moment on the life of a sports gambler in the US, and interestingly enough, he said at some stage that uh, he'd adopted the principle of not having more than 5% on a particular bet because that was good risk management, and, Straight away, I said, well, that's the 20-stock portfolio rule, right? That's 5% of each investment. So it's interesting how these kind of ideas cross-pollinate into different areas.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I just finished on uh, on our Renaissance show, we just finished our Da Vinci series, which took us three years to tell the story of the life and career of Leonardo Da Vinci. <laughs> but he's like the classic example of somebody who just studied everything he could get his hands on, and he right. saw parallels between veins in plants and trees and the veins inside the human body and then waterways in mountains and rivers and you know sometimes successfully, sometimes unsuccessfully, but he was always trying to look at the micro world and the macro world and see where the overlaps were and Making the assumptions that if something worked in one domain, if you know, um, if if the way the, the way that water moved around a plant uh, was important to how it grew and survived, then the same was possibly true with how blood moved around the human body. And in his day, these were deep insights <laughs> that mm. yeah. uh, blood moving around the body was actually an important thing and not just a thing that. It, he carried the uh, the breath or the the anima of life, <laughs> yes. you
1: know. That's right. All that came out of your body when you cut yourself. And if it's one
0: thing that I got out of this deep dive on Da Vinci, is really that passion that he had for overlapping magisteria and and looking for patterns right across everything that he could turn his eye to. Looking looking for patterns. He was a big believer that there were mm. patterns in there. The curls of hair and the Swirls of water and things like that—you know—that
1: that they were all driven by similar forces. Anyway. And look, it kind of makes sense. But we, you talked a bit last week about the book you read about um, a new kind of science, mm-hmm. and I've got the chap's name um, Herwitz, Horowitz no, Wolfram. Wolfram, thank you. Mm. Uh, and, and how everything comes from an initial state, and there are first conditions, and then. There's a code and everything propagates from there under a set of rules. Of course there's going to be patterns, right? Because yeah. <laughs> everything's starting from the same thing and then replicating. It's going to, patterns are gonna repeat all over the place, really. Yeah. Given that. Yeah. Mm.
0: Everything runs by the same set of physical laws. Mm. All right. Back to uh job applications for you, Alex. Okay, thank you. <laughs> And that's the end of the free episode of QAV for this week. If you're a new listener, I just should let you know how this works. So we have a free episode every week. Runs for about half an hour. We have a premium episode also every week. It goes for another 30 to 60 minutes, depending on how many questions we get. It's where Tony answers questions from our club members. If you want to check out the premium episodes and all the other benefits of being a QAV club member, which is access to the checklist and and the Bible, and uh, the private Facebook groups, and the other comms channels that we have, invites to the dinners, Zoom calls, etc., etc. Sign up for the two-week free trial and check all that stuff out. You can do that at qavpodcast.com.au. Look for the um, free trial button there. And if you like the idea of value investing, QAV style, but don't feel like you have the time or resources to learn how to do QAV for yourself. Think about signing up for QAV Lite. That's our relatively new service where we send you the stock tips every week. And then we also monitor those stocks in a portfolio. And if they become a sell, we email our QAV Lite members and tell them that it's time to sell that stock and what to replace it with. Check that out too. It's sort of a low effort way of doing QAV. Still better if you know how to do it yourself, I think, because Tony could get hit by a bus, and then where are you? But while he's not, we can do this. So check that out, qavpodcast.com.au slash light, L-I-G-H-T. If you don't want to sign up to eat any of those, just keep listening to the free episode. And if you have any questions, shoot me an email. you find that on our website too. All right, have a great week, and good luck with your investing. So you put it- The QAV Podcast is a production of Spacecraft Publishing Proprietary Limited, authorised representative of AFSL 520442, AFS representative number 001292718. Please don't make any investment decisions based solely on listening to this podcast. This is presented as general advice only, not personal financial advice. We don't know your personal financial circumstances. Please see a financial planner before making any investing decisions.